the Football Fix podcast. I'm your host, The Football Fix, for my best work. You can find me on Instagram at the.football.fix. If you want to hear me ramble and rant about sports, you can find me on Twitter at the FB Fix. Welcome to the show. Now, it may be only early June, but I am officially underway with my first ever fantasy football draft of the 2019 season. And this would be considered an expert league. It has It's filled with about half Instagram accounts and then filled with half you know, writers from around the industry. You got guys like Walter Football, FantasySharks.com, DraftBuddy.com. Got, got a couple of writers from the football guys involved. So it, it's a competitive draft. People know what they're doing, and you know I'm excited to be a part of it. So this is just a normal PPR league: one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, defense, and kicker. No crazy rules. Nothing too outlandish about the league. And we were given the fifth overall pick in the draft and that's probably going to end up being one of my least favorite spots to draft from just because you know there's the perceived drop off in the first four picks I think whether you're in a PPR half PPR standard league I think the first four picks have to be Barkley, uh, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey in some order and then you know there's that perceived drop off at number five to the next tier essentially so, you know, it's not ideal to be the first pick in that sort of inferior tier, but, you know, you have to deal with the hand that you're given. Uh, so we were given the fifth overall pick, and the tool I used to guide me throughout this draft was the first ever football fix draft kit. It's currently in the works. Um, it's not quite complete yet, but I'm working on it every day. It includes rankings for fantasy football. It includes individual fantasy profiles or player write-ups for each you know, fantasy-relevant player. It includes priority DM, you know, access to me all season because I know on Instagram when the season comes along, my DMs are going to be flooded with start-sit questions, trade questions. I won't have time to answer everybody's, so this priority DM will be helpful if you want me to answer your fantasy football questions throughout the season. So that's included as well. You know, a part of the draft kit, you also get players that I'm targeting, players that I'm avoiding, and much more. So this whole thing is only $15. That's the pre-order price. It's going to increase when I'm actually finished with the draft kit. So if you'd like to pre-order it for only $15, make sure to DM me at the dot football dot fix on Instagram or at the FB fix on Twitter uh, and just say, you know, I'm interested in the draft kit. And $15 is really one of the cheapest kits I've seen around the industry. You know, I've seen $30, $40, $50, but $15, I just want to make this draft kit as affordable as I can. I want more people to have access to the content, um, which is why it's so cheap. It's a great deal. So I highly suggest that you pre-order it now, only $15. Just DM me, uh, and then I'll get it I'll get it over to you. So with that fifth overall pick, obviously you had guys like, you know, you had the, the McCaffrey's, Kamara, Zeke, Barkley off the board. So we were left with either David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, if we wanted to go running back, or we had DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams if we wanted to go receiver. But using the first ever football fix draft kit, I decided to go with David Johnson running back from the Arizona Cardinals at the 105. And I'm just going to give you guys a preview of what my draft kit says, you know, the individual player profile for David Johnson. David Johnson was in the worst situation for all fantasy football running backs in 2018. 
His offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy, was running an offense straight out of the Stone Ages. His rookie quarterback, Josh Rosen, struggled. He had the worst game script in the league, and Arizona had the worst total offense since the 49ers in 2007. The worst offense since 2007. It was David Johnson against the world in 2018, yet he still managed to finish as the RB9 overall, which, you know, all things considered is really, really impressive. That's, you know, you could say that's his floor, the RB9 overall, assuming health, um, because he was in just an awful situation last year. Uh, But we've seen David Johnson unleashed before. Back in 2016, he totaled 2,118 yards from scrimmage with a whopping 20 touchdowns and finishes the RB1 overall in fantasy football. So we know his upside. We've seen mega production from him. We know he's an elite athlete. We know he's a versatile player. Now enter Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals' new head coach. He should bring a fresh, innovative offensive look to the Cardinals. The team is reportedly projected to shatter the NFL record for the most offensive plays ran in the season, and we all know that the air raid offense loves to target the running back out of the backfield in check-down situations. So I, I expect David Johnson to have a career-high total uh, of rece- in, sorry a career-high reception total in 2019. Now also enter Kyler Murray, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and company. They should all contribute towards giving the Cardinals' offense a major facelift in 2019. And really the only negative thing I've heard around David Johnson's fantasy value is that, you know, Kingsbury's air raid offense doesn't run the ball enough or they don't use the running backs enough. So I dug deeper into that narrative. And what I found was that that's actually the exact opposite of the truth. You know, in the six years that Kingsbury was the head coach at Texas Tech, his team's averaged 33.68 carries per game, which would have led the NFL in carries per game last season ahead of the Ravens at 33.5. How is that possible? It's because, like I said earlier, Kingsbury is you know, projected to shatter the NFL record for the most offensive plays ran in a season. Reports suggest that they plan on running 90 to 95 plays per game. For context, the Ravens led the league in offensive plays last year with only 70.2 plays per game. That's a 20 to 25 play per game difference. That's what allows David Johnson all this opportunity despite you know the Cardinals offense technically being pass heavy David Johnson will still get plenty of work in that system so we know he's a really talented back we know he's going to get the opportunity we know you know that offense can't get any worse the situation overall for David Johnson is going to improve drastically it puts him in a much better situation so I strongly believe that David Johnson is poised to have a bounce back year and he'll put himself back into that elite fantasy running back tier in 2019. I don't think he should fall out of the top eight in any format, and I'd be more than happy to pick him with the 105 overall pick as I did in this Experts League. Then we had to wait until the 208, the 20th overall pick in the draft for our second pick. You know, there was a run on receiver guys like Adam Thielen, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown. Uh, Julio Jones went before that pick, and then uh, also guys like Travis Kelsey were gone. So it w- it really left me down to you know either a receiver like Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, um, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, or a running back Joe Mixon, James Conner, Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, etc. So. You know, I was deciding, do I go running back? Do I go receiver? Because tight end at that point didn't make sense with Kelsey off the board. I decided to go with Mike Evans 
wide receiver from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, using my first ever football fix draft kit as my primary decision-making tool, uh, just reading Mike Evans' player profile, after another impressive 2018 season, Mike Evans joined Randy Moss and A.J. Green as the only two players in NFL history to begin their careers with five consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Last year in 2018, Evans had a career high in receiving yards with 1,534, which was the third most in the league uh, to go with 86 receptions and nine total touchdowns. So that's a really good stat line. Looking at his opportunity last season, the Bucks ran 41.6 pass plays per game, which was the third most in the league. And they actually had the most passing yards in the league over guys like the Chiefs or over teams like the Chiefs, Rams, Steelers. Um, so you obviously want the number one receiver in one of the league's most productive passing offenses. He saw 139 targets, which ranked 10th in the league, but his 22.4% target share only ranked 22nd, and his 15.1% hog rate only ranked 24th. Um, he's not the target hog that some other elite receivers are, but again, that sort of uh, is because the Bucks offense is such, the passing offense is such high volume, it's harder to command a higher target share a higher percentage if the volume overall is greater um having said that though you know Evans still saw the most air yards in the league last year with 1,256 air yards and you know air yards is super predictive for fantasy success so that's a good you know predictor uh a good sign for Evans you know being able to be another big fantasy producer a wide receiver one again in 2019 speaking of fantasy success you know New head coach Bruce Arian runs an extremely friendly vertical passing offense that should suit Evans' play style, and I definitely want a piece of that Bucks passing game in in any way, whether it be Evans in the second round, Chris Godwin later, O.J. Howard later. You know, drafting Evans in the mid to the end of the second round, you know, isn't necessarily the cheapest option to get a share of that passing game, but it's still a solid investment. You're getting the target leader on a productive passing offense that's shown the upside of the WR one overall fantasy receiver in the past. So I think he's going to be a WR one again in 2018. I thought that was the way to go with my 208 selection. Then at the 305, you know, the the wide receivers are now most of the wide receivers are now gone. We only had guys like AJ Green, T. Y. Hilton on the board. I do like T. Y. Hilton and AJ Green this year. But those were the only two receivers available. Um, there were still some good running backs on the board, so I opted to go with Derrick Henry over a guy like Aaron Jones, over Tariq Cohen, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Carrion Johnson, Sony Michelle. I went Derrick Henry over all those guys. Um, I, I really like Derrick Henry this year in fantasy football. You know, this is a PPR league. He doesn't have a huge reception floor. I, <coughs> excuse me. I obviously like him more in standard leagues, but. I felt, you know, confident selecting Henry with the, my third round pick. You know, the story of his young career up to the second half of the 2018 season was a lack of opportunity. We we always knew that Derrick Henry had the talent. He's 6'3", 247. He's a good size adjusted athlete. He's a bruising sludge hammer back sort of player. Um, but he's always been spil- uh, splitting touches with other backs like DeMarco Murray or Deion Lewis until weeks 14 through 17 last season Henry was totally unleashed and scored 26.4 PPR fantasy points per game in that you know last stretch of the season um 
And in the buildup to his breakout last year, he was playing really well. He was producing efficiently despite, you know, running behind an offensive line that ranked 52nd in run blocking efficiency with Henry in the backfield. And this forced Henry into um, having the most yards created per carry in 2018 with 2.39. And he had the uh, second most total yards created with 550 yards. And that's Saquon Barkley level yards created. You know, you don't think of Derrick Henry as this elusive guy that creates for himself, but he was on that Saquon Barkley level. So that obviously is eye-popping. It grabbed my attention. This guy is creating for himself. If he can see an offensive line improvement this season, he's going to be a guy who really benefits from it. Uh, he also had the third most evaded tackles per touch in the league and the fourth fourth most total evaded tackles in 2018. This guy's simply a good running back. Um, Deion Lewis is still in town, but at the end of the day, he was completely pushed to the back burner at the end of last season. He only saw 10 carries and nine receptions total in the final three weeks. Lewis might still contribute a bit in the receiving game. He might limit Derrick Henry's total receiving work, but Henry's been an efficient runner his entire career. The inevitable increase in carries, you know, paired with that efficient production, you know, means he'll be able to produce as a high-end RB2 in fantasy football this year, and he has the legitimate upside of an RB1. I thought, you know, there you know, there are doubts with Derrick Henry, but I'm, I was confident taking him with my third overall pick for the, men- or for the reasons I just mentioned. Then, you know, we had to wait until the 408, the 44th overall pick, and we went with Robert Woods. Now, Robert Woods in 2018 had by far the best season of his six-year career with an impressive 86, 1,219, and 7 touchdown stat line during the regular season. Because of the season-ending injury to Cooper Cup, Woods was propelled into a ton of opportunity in one of the league's best offenses, and he made the most of his chances. He commanded 131 targets last year, which ranked 13 best in the league, and his 24% target share ranked 16th best. His total target distance of 1,520 yards ranked 12th best as well, so we saw plenty of opportunity in 2018. Woods has established himself as the technically nuanced number two receiver on that team, and he now is a good season of production on his resume. But some people believe that, you know, Woods wouldn't have been productive if Cup never got hurt. However, in the five games that Cup played, at least 90% of the team's total offensive snaps in 2018, Woods still averaged 17.74 PPR fantasy points per game. For context, his season-long average was 16.6 PPR points per game. So his uh, weekly total actually increased with Cup on the field. You know, obviously... It's a smaller sample size. You can't ac- accurately compare the, the five-game sample size to the season-long sample size one-to-one, but you get the point. If anything, you could argue that, that Cubs' presence actually helps Woods' fantasy value in 2019 rather than hurt hurting it. Uh, the Rams' offense is extremely potent. We already know that. There's no tight end consequence on that offense that'll take away many targets. The team actually only ranked 14th last year in pass plays per game with 376 Um, I think, you know, just sort of the general thought, I guess, was that they actually passed more than that. But, you know, they only ranked 14th last year, pass plays per game, with Todd Gurley reportedly, uh, you know, being limited with his knee injury in 2019. It would 
be it would make sense for the Rams total passing uh, plays to increase this season, uh, which could again mean even more opportunity for Robert Woods. Um, and we know he's a reliable fantasy producer week in and week out. He has the floor of a WR2 in fantasy if he stays healthy. And he's really, you know, a safety net of a player that I welcome onto all of my fantasy teams in that late fourth, early fifth round range. I drafted him in the fourth round, especially in PPR leagues. And again, I used the 28 or sorry, the 2019 first ever football fix draft kit to make this selection. Then with my fifth round pick, the 505, the 53rd overall selection, I was sort of, you know, in a dilemma. I didn't want to go with another running back because you can only start two in the league. It's a three wide receiver league. So I did need one more, you know, receiver starter. I didn't think any running backs, you know, were on the board that you would consider, you know, just draft the best player available. Um, so I decided to go with DJ Moore. At the 505, I've always been a huge fan of DJ Moore coming out of the draft last year. I had him ranked as my clear cut WR1 prospect. And because there's just so much to like about his profile at 210 pounds, he has a really durable build, which suggests that he'll be able to handle volume at the next level. He tested as an explosive athlete at the combine, running a 442 40 yard dash and having a 94th percentile burst score. Overall, Moore's athletic measurables rank him as a 92nd percentile spark athlete. He was a big producer in College of Maryland with a 53.3% college dominator, which ranks in the 97th percentile amongst all NFL receivers since 2013. And on top of all of that, he was a producer from a young age, as his 18.4 breakout age ranks in the 98th percentile. So the predictive metrics, the athleticism, the, the build overall on this guy, you know, he checks all the boxes. And so this guy's prospect profile is truly impressive. And his rookie season, despite playing with a reportedly injured Cam Newton plus backups, uh, he still produced a solid 55, 788, and 2 stat line. Uh, Moore didn't really even play that much until week 8, but from that point on, from week 8 to week 17, he averaged 11.55 PPR fantasy points per game. But from that sample, if you factor out the three games that Cam Newton missed at the end of the season, then Moore's weekly total increases to 12.44 PPR points per game, which would have ranked him as the weekly WR29 in his rookie year, which is much better than what his actual WR, uh, sorry, WR49 finish suggests. So, you know, all signs point to DJ Moore being the team's number one receiver in 2019, I believe he's a truly special talent. Hopefully Cam Newton is healthier. Excuse me. Hopefully the offense improves overall. And and with increased opportunity, Moore should manage to produce as at least a lower-end WR2. But again, you know, because he's so talented, I could see him far exceeding those expectations in 2019, which is why I'm okay with taking him in that fifth-round range of PPR drafts. And then, you know, in standard drafts, I'd be uh, prefer to take him more in that uh, sixth or early sixth round range, but fifth round PPR for sure. I'll take him all day. I just love him as a player so much. I couldn't pass him up. And then in the sixth round at the 608, the 68th overall pick, I was ecstatic to be able to draft Tyler Boyd wide receiver from the Bengals coming off a breakout season. He had 76 receptions over a thousand receiving yards, seven touchdowns. He finished, uh, as the weekly, or sorry, his 
fantasy points per game finished as the weekly WR20. So, you know, he he produced a, a low in WR2 last season, yet he fell to me all the way in the sixth round. Nothing really suggests to me that he'll he'll produce less than that in 2019. And in a three-wide receiver league, to have a receiving core of Mike Evans, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, and Tyler Boyd, I'm ecstatic. I can't believe Boyd fell to me. I think in that sixth-round range, he's a slam-dunk pick in PPR leagues, so I needed to select him there. There was no better option for sure than getting Tyler Boyd at that spot. So looking at my team right now, I have David Johnson, Derrick Henry starting at running back. I have uh, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, and now Tyler Boyd as my receivers. I like how the draft's turning out so far. And then at my seventh overall pick, or sorry, yeah, my seventh overall pick, 77th overall pick in the draft, I picked Miles Sanders running back from the Eagles. And pre-draft, I had Miles Sanders ranked as my dub, or as my RB1 overall. I think he's super talented. Uh, he's, he tested as a plus athlete. He has a decent size at 211 pounds. He's versatile. He can catch passes out of the backfield. And in his final season at Penn State, he was pretty productive with 1,413 yards from scrimmage and nine touchdowns. And that's in a stingy Big Ten conference. So, you know, we know he's productive. He was only limited to one great season, but that's because there's a guy named Saquon Barkley in town. So you can't really blame Sanders for not being able to produce earlier in his career. But the Eagles were reportedly high on Sanders throughout the entire pre-draft process, as was I. And he, you know, he has decent draft capital behind him being selected with the 21st overall pick in the second round. But head coach, you know, Doug Peterson is notorious for running committee approaches for his team. Since 2014, the lead running back in Peterson's offense has only averaged a measly 11.1 carries per game. Philly also traded for former Bears running back Jordan Howard, who should basically split the carries with Sanders and take away some of the goal line work. Um, the Eagles also have... Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Boston Scott in that backfield. Depending on how the final roster shakes out, those guys could command about you know 10%, if not more, of that opportunity share, which would probably leave about 50 for Sanders and 40 for Howard. Um, but again, I believe in Sanders' ability. If anything were to happen for Howard, Sanders' fantasy value would skyrocket, and he would he would be a legitimate league winner. Um, but assuming health for everybody, he's sort of limited. Uh, in that Peterson committee approach. But again, as my RB3, as my eighth overall pick, I, I really like selecting Sanders there for the upside. Sorry, my seventh overall pick. I like selecting Sanders there. I think will be a great backup for fantasy purposes and then a good bye week fill-in. So that was my seventh overall pick. And then with the eighth overall selection, the 92nd overall pick uh, in the draft as a whole, I went with Jared Cook, tight end for the Saints. And, you know, for me, Jared Cook has really sort of had this late career resurgence that I definitely wasn't expecting. But on an awful Oakland Raiders offense, he still managed to produce 12.1 fantasy points per game, which was the fifth best amongst tight ends in 2018. Um, Now he's in a Drew Brees-led Saints offense. We know they've been tight end friendly in the past for fantasy purposes. Uh, Brees has already been praising Jared Cook. They've been saying that they may use him in a Jimmy Graham-esque way. And how could you not get excited about that? Um, at, he's 32 years old. Jared Cook is, sure. But he's played 16 games in the last two seasons. He's been really durable in, <coughs> excuse me, in one of the league's 
most injury-prone positions, I think, you know, as my tight end one, Jared Cook is a great pick. Then in the ninth round at the 101 overall slot, I selected Royce Freeman from the Denver Broncos. Now, obviously, you know, Philip Lindsay is the more popular back in Denver in fantasy drafts, but I think Royce Freeman has sneaky upside this year. I think he could actually leapfrog Philip Lindsay as the team starter in 2019. And I know you're thinking, hold on, wait a second. Philip Lindsay was a pro bowler in his rookie year as an undrafted free agent. But when you look at his size, he's only 5'7", 184 pounds. We just haven't really seen running backs his size be able to handle you know, 192 carries like he had last year. We, we, he just doesn't have a durable build. He's so small, and we saw that sort of size catch up to him at the end of last season. He had a, a severe wrist injury. He had to get surgery on it. Reports are suggesting that he may be ready for training camp, but I think that wrist injury is still a concern, and his durability as a whole is sort of, you know, I think it's unsustainable. I think his ability to stay healthy f- for 15 games might have been a fluke because, again, he's only 184 pounds, which is super small for an NFL running back. And another thing that's unsustainable about his profile is that, you know, when the when the Broncos' offensive line was blocking for him, they ranked fourth overall in the league in run-blocking efficiency. Philip Lindsay saw great run-blocking, but when Royce Freeman was running behind the Broncos' offensive line, they ranked 46th in the league in run-blocking efficiency. And I've never seen... That's sort of a discrepancy in run blocking efficiency for for running backs on the same team. So, you know, I think that if all things are equal in 2019, if the if the run block because that I think the run blocking is an anomaly. It's just, you know, really unlucky for Royce Freeman. So the run blocking efficiency has to be closer in 2019. They have to be seeing, you know, a similar, you know, run blocking performance, I guess you could say. Um, I think they're going to have a similar number of carries. Um, if not Royce Freeman having more carries and Philip Lindsay becoming more of the change of pace back or the, the receiving back, I'm not targeting Philip Lindsay in any drafts, but I am targeting Royce Freeman as my RB4 overall. I thought that was a solid pick uh, in the ninth round. Then in the 10th round, I decided to draft my first quarterback with Kyler Murray. Um, I talked about earlier how excited I am for this Cardinals offense. They're just going to run so many plays in 2019. There's going to be so much opportunity for Kyler Murray to succeed. Uh, And I I believe he's a talented player. I had him ranked as my QB1 overall over Dwayne Haskins, and it wasn't really that close in my opinion. Um, I'm not concerned about his size. He's just simply good at throwing the football. And he also has that Konami code. He's he has rushing ability, which gives, you know, when you have a quarterback in fantasy football with rushing ability, you have a competitive advantage over the people whose quarterbacks don't have that rushing upside. So Kyler Murray, there's just so much to like about his profile. Obviously, it isn't ideal to, to stack a quarterback and running back on the same teams. But again, there's going to be so much opportunity for them in 2019. And, you know, in the 10th round, I didn't expect Kyler Murray to fall that far, so I had to select him with that spot uh, as my starting quarterback. And then in the 11th round, I decided to go back-to-back with quarterbacks and draft Lamar Jackson. Now, I understand the concerns about 
you know, his, his passing ability. There are already reports around, you know, the early parts of the offseason suggesting that he still isn't necessarily a consistent thrower of the football. But he, he, he did show flashes in 2018. And it, he's now has a full offseason to work as the team's quarterback one with the first team offense. Hopefully he'll develop uh, and improve his passing overall. But but really, I'm drafting him here as my backup quarterback because of his rushing upside, that Konami code that I mentioned with Kyler Murray, except Lamar Jackson is arguably the best rushing quarterback in the league. I think I would say he's the best rushing quarterback in the league ahead of a guy like Cam Newton at this point because Newton is dealing with that shoulder injury. So, you know, the rushing g- gives you a floor in fantasy, but it also gives you a ton of upside. We've seen Cam Newton be the quarterback one overall without necessarily being a crazy good passer. Um, and Greg Roman is going to be the Ravens offensive coordinator in 2019. This here is a tweet from Evan Silva. Greg Roman's Bills offense ranked ninth in DVOA and 12th in points in 2015. Uh, and Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick two you know, run, you know, capable running quarterbacks both had their career best seasons with Roman as offensive coordinator. And now, He's running Lamar Jackson's offense with the Ravens. So, you know, Greg Roman knows how to handle a, a, a talented running quarterback. He knows how to get the most out of them. The team drafted Marquise Brown. They drafted Miles Boykin. Uh, Hayden Hurst is going to be healthy. Uh, guys like Mark Andrews going to have an extra year to develop. So that offense, passing offense should improve this season. And then, you know, the rushing ability, the situation, I like, I like it. I think Lamar Jackson has a ton of upside, uh, which is why I was comfortable taking him as my backup quarterback in this experts league. Uh, this is a slow draft, so there's still, you know, it's an 18 round draft, and at the time of recording, we're only at the 12th round, but I just made my 12th round pick, and that is Damian Harris, rookie running back from the New England Patriots. And really, the reason I drafted him here was for the upside, you know, reports suggest right now that uh, Sony Michelle is absent from the Patriots' early offseason activities for an undisclosed reason. And that's sort of concerning because coming out of the draft last year, there were reports that he was dealing with or that he is dealing with a degenerative knee issue. And we've seen what a degenerative knee issue has done to guys like Todd Gurley. You know, it's completely plummeted his fantasy value. It's made a ton of fantasy gamers scared to draft him. We've seen what that's done to Jay Ajayi. He was also labeled with someone who could have a degenerative knee issue coming out of Boise State. He's now a free agent. We're in June, and he's a free agent. So we know, you know, the degenerative knee issue is a real issue. Um and if Sony Michelle does indeed have that, it puts him at a higher risk of injury in 2019. There could be a chance that he's injured right now, which is why he's not uh, with the Patriots practicing at the moment. So if Damian Harris were to be propelled into sort of that starting role with the team, that would give you know him a ton of upside. It would make him an instant producer. And I just had to sort of chase that sort of uh, ceiling with my 12th round pick. So in summary, up to this point in the draft, I have Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I have David Johnson, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Royce Freeman, and Damian Harris at running back. 
I have Tyler Boyd, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, and Robert Woods at receiver, and I have Jared Cook at tight end. So far, I'm really with I'm really happy with how my team has turned out. Uh, I think I'm going to be targeting a receiver with my next pick in the 13th round. You know, probably looking at late round guys like Traquan Smith or Marquez Valdez Scantling, just to name a couple. But that's that'll do it for the draft. And then there's really one other thing I wanted to talk about before I end this podcast, and that is the Fantasy Football Throne League. It starts June 10th, which is Monday, tomorrow at the time of recording. Super excited for it. We have the 11th overall pick. And if you don't know what the Throne League is, it's a followers versus followers league. You know, everybody who supports my page, The Football Fix, this podcast, you know, they get to control our team as a community and we're going to see which fantasy football uh, Instagram community reigns supreme. So we're super excited about uh, the fantasy football throne league that's starting Monday, June 10th. Um, Other than that, I just wanted to, you know, remind you that every pick made in this experts league and, you know, my decision-making process for the throne league is going to be based on the 2019 first ever football fix draft kit again that includes rankings individual player write-ups priority dm and more it's only 15 dollars for a limited time if you want to pre-order it just dm me at the football.fix on instagram or at the fb fix on twitter you have to get this draft kit one of the cheapest on the markets and it is the cheapest it's ever going to be right now if you want to pre-order it just message me and i'll make sure to get it to you as soon as possible thank you for listening to the third ever football fix podcast if you have any feedback for me if you have any questions any topics you'd like me to cover i already have a list um of topics that I'm going to cover at some point in the offseason. Again, just message me. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you all later.